Recorded live. Hi, how are you? Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you, too. <laughs> you totally forgot. What are you? I'm in the car. Is it, did our session start at 10.15 or 10? 10.15. Oh, good. So I'm only two yeah. minutes late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're good. You're Sweet. Good. No. <laughs> good, yes. Now, Brilliant. I would have called you, I would have contacted you sooner if it was at 10. No. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. Um, okay. I'm at the gas station. I need to put gas in my car. Can I do that while we start talking? Yeah, of course. Or I can call you back, too, if you prefer, whatever you want to do. No, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm totally okay. With whatever it's a little loud. Say, okay. Um, well, I'm curious. You can, you can tell me how was your traveling and what has been going on, things that are not as uh, – is, I I, is it loud on your side? It is. There's a. There's like a bus nearby, like on the um, around the corner. So that's what you're hearing. I can hear you, um, but I don't know if you can hear me. I can hear you fine, and I don't hear any buzz, any any noise other than your voice. Oh, good. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we went to um, South Carolina. We had a wonderful time with 
the family who will be Saoirse's guardian family if anything happened to me. Um, a friend of mine from boarding school who's known me since I was 16, and they're just a wonderful family. So, um, But I had to, and I haven't done this yet, I have to sort of, I had a different guardian for a while, um, mm-hmm. and then I switched them. So the, first, the original guardian I put into second place, and now this new one I put into first place. Um, and I haven't told the original one yet. Like, I have a backup. So I put the the original one as a backup. Okay. And I don't really know how to tell her that, you know, that I've decided to put her. I think it would be well, hard for her to hear, you know. What are the reasons? I can't really tell her the real reasons. That's the thing. The reasons are that there's really, you know, she doesn't, she's not really available. She doesn't. Um, if I text or call, she doesn't return. She doesn't get back to me. She lives in Minnesota. Um, and, you know, she, she, there's no bandwidth for her, you know. And she prioritizes her own family. Like, like when she comes out east, she doesn't really – her family lives in Maine and her son goes to Exeter. Um, mm-hmm. And so she's out, but she doesn't really prioritize us and doesn't make time or space for us. So – you know, it's totally unacceptable. Like, it's, she's a nice person, and she's a good good second backup. Um, she's a school psychologist. She's a good parent, I think. And also, she has a bad marriage that I don't, I've never liked. Not bad. It's not horrible, but not a great marriage, and she sometimes gets depressed. So she's not, she's not a good choice, you know? Yeah. No. Um, but I can't tell her those are the reasons. She does have a lot of other, I think what I would, would tell her is, she has a lot of other commitments to families and um, that to other children. So she could then, you know, have like three other. And we, sometimes I get these mass text messages to all of her, the mothers of her godchildren or like her guardian children. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't want to be on a listserv of godchildren, you know, like it just right. doesn't, <laughs> doesn't feel right. So um, it's, it's, you know, as a secondary backup, she she would do a good job. Like she'd show up, and family was important to her, and she'd honor the commitment, and she'd be good, provide a good, um, you know, parenting. She would, Sarah, she would have a place to go. Right. She'd have yeah. a home and a family, um, and Martha would do a good job. But she's not what I, not at all what I want. Um, right. Yeah, and I think that that's very reasonable. You know, to say that you know if. I, I have made a decision to switch, you know, things have been shifting. And uh, and that also the other thing that is an important component is that as you, and this is something that may, may continue to shift, as Searsha grows, uh, you may actually see that she has, uh, you know, more affinity with people that she sees more. Right, yeah. So that's going to take, you know, that's going to be taken into account. But yeah. I think that that's a good idea. You can tell her. You know, it seems very clear that she has a lot on her plate um, and that you want, you know, one thing that would be very simple instead of saying, I don't feel like you prioritize us, one thing that would be the other side of the coin but is exactly the same message is, you know, I would really like that in the case that something happened to me, that the person that Searsha is going to be with it's someone that she already has a relationship, and we haven't been able to build that. Yeah. Which is something extremely reasonable, right? You don't want to leave a child with someone that she doesn't know. No, that's right. That's right. So, 
Yeah. So how your visit over there? How was your visit in, in South Carolina? It was really, really nice, and it, it was great. Kristen um, has created a beautiful family. She has a 12 and a 14 year old daughter, and those girls are wonderful girls. They're just, they're amazing. Um, and um, they're like, um, they're super brilliant. And but that's not why they're amazing. That's part of it. But really, they're really sweet girls, and they're grounded, and and they're not like freaking out about all this teenager stuff. You know, they're not. Mm-hmm. They spend a lot of time at home or in activities. They're not like super tied into um, sort of the yucky teenage life with iPhones mm-hmm. and media, and so they're very. I don't know. There's a whole different quality to them than I see with other teenage girls. You know, they're not part of like some big teenage, insecure teenage girl pack. You know what I mean? Like they have friends, um, but they're, they're just, they're wonderful. And they love Saoirse. They just, and Saoirse loves them. Saoirse would wake up every morning and say, (laughs) let's go downstairs and see the big girls. (laughs) I love playing with them you know she really it was so sweet um it was wonderful and she's got a good marriage and a good husband and Kristen is a little OCD around tidiness which I'm not (laughs) so Uh actually it was reassuring because you know how I told you I was getting upset with Saoirse for making messes it is nothing on the scale of Kristen so (laughs) (laughs) it was a good perspective to get you know like I'm uh I think the thing I've been struggling with with regard to that is like having grown up in an abusive household, what is, I don't have a, an accurate picture of what is normal or acceptable. So if I do get a little bit firm, I worry that mm-hmm. I'm getting abusive. You know what I mean? But it may be fine. What I'm doing may be okay. I just don't yeah. have um, a balanced sense of it, you know? Right. Yeah, and it is it is true that uh, you know when there are people that are, and I totally get it because sometimes you're so concerned about not not doing anything similar to what you did that you're like very very cautious and very careful. And sometimes it is important to set some boundaries, right? And and yeah. it is okay. It is totally and to okay be firm to and yeah and to yeah. not ra- raise my voice or yell but to sort of have a different tone of firmness you know and be like right. hey no you can't do that right um uh, uh yeah so I'm just trying to find where that is for me if that makes any sense mm-hmm. but let's get back to the really important work because um we did amazing work last week yeah. And, um, yeah, I would like to uh, get back to that. So I have not listened to the tape again. I wanted to, the recording. I haven't. But um, it was really, I'm feeling good now, but for a little while I was feeling really shaken up by it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, well, it was really, uh, I think it was something that, was very important to address and to uncover. Um, and you're, you know, you're strong enough now that you, 
it's interesting. It's one of those things that is no matter when it happens that you look into that just really, yeah, just kind of really yucky stuff. It's it's very intense, uh, but it is. It takes a while for us to be ready to look at it because it, it can. Somebody that does not have a strong ego that doesn't have very clear uh, confidence and security in who you are, like you do, it could shatter you. You know, it could just take you know drop you into a really low place. Hmm, that's interesting. I I also think it, it's just sort of like layers because I didn't. I mean, maybe because I it came up for the first time in my therapy in my thirties, and it was just sort of a concept of existential mm-hmm. guilt. Um, but you know how regular therapy, you just deal with it cognitively. You don't really deal mm-hmm. with it. So, um, but the rape thing, I didn't find out. And maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it comes up now because I'm strong because I have known about it since I was 24. Right. And uh, maybe I just um, haven't known how to deal with it or maybe I wasn't strong enough. So, like you said. Well, you know, things happen, do happen for a reason, and they happen when we are, you know, we may have, we actually talked about these in different ways about, yeah, about your mom and how she died and what it meant for you, um, several ways. But I think that, yeah, when your system is ready, just like you were saying, like layers, like, oh, now it's like a, a whole different way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, yeah, in this sort of unconditional love and gratitude for Saoirse's existence, I don't think my mom ever felt for me. I don't know, maybe she did, but it feels like a new experience, you know, and, but Mm -hmm. I do feel unconditional love for my grandmother. She was thrilled about me. Her, my mom's mom. <clears throat> I was her first yeah. grandchild, and she she had a joy and delight in my existence that I never sensed from anyone. So, um, and then the rape thing. So I don't know where we where we left off and where we should go right now with this. Well, let's see. Are you are you like fully settled in a place that we can just dive in? Yes, I'm parked in a parking lot overlooking the water. Oh, nice, wonderful. I was going to run errands. (laughs) I totally forgot. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that I caught you before you were full into the errands. Yeah. Um, So just touch, you know, take a deep breath and close your eyes. And just notice what part of you is still being affected by knowing that you were not really, you didn't come into the world in a, in a way that you were like looked for or searched for or welcomed. Or wanted. I wasn't really wanted. Yeah. Because there's so much else that has happened. So I'm curious how how is this 
affecting you right now? Well, and this is maybe coming a little bit from my head, but being unwanted, um, is sort of a theme in my relationships, right? It's like I have wonderful friendships, but the people that are close, like that who really help me, I have to pay. So it's not like, you know, like Rosa and my, you know, the people, I don't have a close family. I don't mm-hmm. have a place in the world where I belong to a tribe. Um Like I have to earn all my relationships or I think that, you know, one of the things, the sort of rootlessness that I have felt over time, um, like where do I belong geographically and living abroad, it's sort of like there's been a search for where do I belong? Where are my people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And never feeling like I have that. Yeah. So there's a a rootlessness. Yeah. And I've been looking outside to solve it. Like maybe it's this town, maybe it's that town, you know. And it's definitely mm-hmm. better up in Maine. Like I love being here. So far, so good. Um. But I don't have a, a feeling of belonging anywhere. Yeah. You're tapping, right, Deb? No, I stopped tapping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me say that again. I don't have a feeling of belonging anywhere. And I keep looking yeah. for it outside of myself, like a, this community, that village, this relation, you know, this UU church. Maybe it's Jew- Judaism. Maybe I belong with the Jews. <laughs> You know, I, it's like, um, yeah, it's a search. It's it's a never-ending search on the outside for something that's so, like, at the seed of my being, the core, the very, very deepest DNA level. Yeah. Yeah. So those roots, right, it's like, and it it has to do so your your roots like today there's something really take a take a deep breath and you can just do one one you know just do some tapping that would not be um distracting like if you want to just choose one place and just put some pressure there as you breathe because there is a sense of the non not belonging but I want you to connect for a moment with just internally. So close your eyes and take a breath and connect with your solar plexus. And as you take another breath, notice that the energy from that place goes a little lower into like your lower abdomen, your uterus area. Can you place a hand there? And I want you to notice that the energy from that space just goes down your legs, through your 
your first chakra, which is where you're sitting. So a little slightly harder to access, but just really connect with your legs, your feet. And imagine if you were to see your feet having roots, literally having roots. Roots that connect you to the center of the earth. And those roots are connected with your mother and especially your grandmother. And even a lineage of of women that you may not know, like your grandmother's mother and her mother. How does it feel physically and energetically your feet being connected in that way. And you sense that belonging outside of the, I totally hear everything that you told me and, and, I, to, and I understand. I'm looking for, or I'm inviting you to feel a sense of belonging to the planet a lineage of women that had challenges, had a lot of different things happening, but that you belong in this planet right now. I definitely feel a stronger, a strong feeling of belonging to the planet. Okay. And spiritually, I feel, you know, that um, I definitely spiritually feel like I belong here because it happened and I'm here and all the intense engagement that I have and how I'm impacting others and I have a I have that feeling yeah belonging to the planet perfect so there's something really healthy in that so you as a human a human being that chose to incarnate are really here with a purpose a mission you're doing it and and so that is very clear and solid. Yeah. The one, mm-hmm. So the one thing is that so the 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 let's call it linear and or the up and down in a way, right? So it's like heaven, you're very connected spiritually, very connected to this planet, connected in a way that feels really good to you, and that's there's a solidity there. Yeah. I think the the part that it doesn't feel there's a lack of connection is with the, let's call it horizontal. So the vertical line is healthy. The horizontal line was not formed or was not strong and continues that pattern. What I mean by horizontal is like family, tribe, friends. Right. Yeah, community. Mm -hmm. Community, right. So... And somehow it sounds like the message that you own is that you were not wanted and somehow you don't belong to anybody or anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a lack of roots, it's lack of community. Yeah. Connection, right? 
Well, my, it, it's both because, well, the roots are my family, and I don't feel like I belong with my family. My brother, right. my sister, my father, my, my aunts and uncles, like I am not the same as those people. I'm really different. So I don't belong, but I guess that's community. Yeah, that is community. Yeah, it's a tribe, it's a connection. Tribe, yeah, tribe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, now, you did mention that when you were, for example, in Ireland, you really felt connected. Is that true? Did you have a community there, or was it more of a... I had a friendship community there, um, and um, I had a lot of friends there, definitely. In fact, I had more friends there than I've been able to cultivate in Boston. Boston's a tough... <laughs> It's a tough audience, um, <laughs> and um, so I did. I felt I had wonderful friends there, a lot of female friends. So would you say that 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 in that place you felt connected? Yeah, but I felt like an outsider to Seamus's family, which really triggered this problem of feeling like I don't belong with a family. You know, mm. I felt like I was orbiting his his tribe. I was not a member. And the Irish are very tribal. You probably know that. They're very, very, you know, they're like, they compete with the counties and, you know, they're like, yeah, it's, uh, so, you know, blood there is really thick. So I, I was not part of any bloodline there. And, you know, like you don't get invited to someone's home with their family for a dinner. Like I was not, until I had moved back three years, like my closest friend there, Cleona, had not invited me to an event with her whole family, her extended family. They're just really tribal. So I had hmm. friends, but I didn't, like, they're not welcoming. It takes forever to get into the family. You know, you don't, like, here you could know someone for a week and you invite them back for Thanksgiving and you're like, come on in, you know. Like, yeah. we're, in the U.S., we're more like that but there it was it was mixed I'd say it was mixed even in Ireland yeah yeah but there's something it's almost like even within your family you're a bit of an outsider yes I'm a total outsider in my family and at boarding school I went I was a full scholarship student I was a total outsider there I thought that's the feeling that is that is some that is some spiritual theme for me, being the outsider. Yeah. That is a big theme, being the outsider. The outsider of my family, the outsider at Hotchkiss. Even at Columbia, I was an outsider. I felt like I belonged in graduate school at Columbia because there were a lot of outsiders in <laughs> the Department mm-hmm. of Sociology. Um, but then I transferred a little. I spent some time at Harvard, and I was an outsider there because um, I wasn't a Harvard student. I was a visiting scholar. And and when I've worked in corporations, I've always felt like I'm an outsider. You're a consultant. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a theme. That's it. Now, the only place the- I truly feel I belong is with my daughter. Mm. Yeah. 
But you're creating your own tribe, your own lure. Yeah. Even if it's even if it's small, it's still your your own your own tribe, your own family, right? Yeah. 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 And I'm trying to create a big tribe for her, you know, like her birthday's coming up and I I try to create a lot of people in her life. Yeah. Yeah. So Deb, what is the piece that I am that I'm looking at? Because it's not a it's not a simple thing. I don't feel like this is something that you're gonna you know, we're gonna say, okay, you know, we're just gonna do a matrix and we're just gonna give your little girl pride. I don't know if that's, that does not seem, that does not resonate for me. I would be happy to guide you in whatever process feels right for you. To me, it's more like, that is true. What you're saying is true. You are an outsider. You were always an outsider in your family of origin. You continue to be so. But what, I, what is coming up for me, what is, what is coming to me, is more like, what have been the benefits? of being an outsider because there's there is this separateness that that you have and you hold and it's and it's difficult it's, it brings sadness but there's also a lot of a lot of amazing opportunity for evolving and growing because you're an outsider well i think that's it i think to embrace that i'm an outsider um, yeah. I think that's really the only thing I can do because I can't change it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, and maybe just heal. There, if there's another way for me to think about belonging, belonging inside myself, belonging, a feeling of groundedness wherever I am and wherever I go, and not, yeah. I need to redefine it so that, but I don't, I, or I need to heal the pain of the hole in my, soul around or my emotions around my psychology of the wound of not feeling of not having a real tribe and then accept it so I don't have this like aching thing all the time you know that's what I think would be helpful yeah absolutely so I want you to in that in that sense so this is this is the thing just notice something. And you're tapping, right? At least that yeah. would be, yeah. Because the wonderful thing that I realized is that it's not entirely true, Deb. You do belong to your family. They do contact you. They don't, you know, you are there. You're part of their blood. The thing is, just bear with me for a second. You have chosen to separate yourself. That's true. You went to boarding school. You chose. You have, you're an outsider because you came with a different plan and a different energy and a different uh, power within you that was not going to conform and was not going to settle and was not going to be okay with continuing the, the pattern of your family. That was not going to work for you. Hmm. That's an interesting perspective. But, but isn't it true? Yeah. But it would have been nice if they accept if they didn't reject me because of that. Well, it would have been nice that? if they... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. If they just... Yeah. If they said, good, good on you. You know, we still love you and want you around. 
Well, think about it for a second, okay? If we think about it just from a purely, and I'm not creating any, any distant or any, we're all here on a journey. So you came into this family in a very um, sideways way, <laughs> right? Get it in, you know, it wasn't like, you know, your mother and your father loved each other. They got married and they decided to have a family and they looked for you and you came. It was all, all you know, a little bit scrambled. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you came. You, I mean, clearly there was, I, I, I do believe, and I, I wonder if you, I, I do believe that spiritually you made a pact. The three of you made a pact. Yeah. This is what we're yeah. going to do. Yeah. Right? Um, and it's going to be really yucky for all of us, but this is what we're <laughs> going to do. Right? Yeah. For, e- for each of you, for your dad, it was a huge trigger, and he went in the deep end. Your mom got depressed and, you know, tried to cope, and you just, kept on surviving. Yes. So it was, a, it was a yucky pattern, but you all agreed on that. And then it's like, you know, your sister comes and your brother comes, and you played a role. Now, each of you are in your own path, and from where we see it, at least from where I see it and I believe you see it, they chose a path that is not the same evolution or the same path that you chose. Yes. Yeah. And... Because it's different, most people, when they see something different, they're going to actually, for protection purposes, they're going to reject it. It's like, oh, this does not work for me. I'm not going that way. It's definitely much harder. I'm not going to take that road. Well, if you want to take it, go ahead. But I'm not going to follow you, and I'm not even going to, you know, encourage you because that would mean that then I have to take responsibility and do the same thing. So it makes sense that they kind of rejected you to protect themselves. It's a lot more about them than you. Yes. Yeah. Right? So you do belong in this That's sense true. that, you know, your, your judge calls you, your sister calls you, your niece, you know, here and there. At times you've had a really nice connection with her. The same with your brother comes and goes. So you belong. But the thing is that it's a tribe that you have chosen not to call your own. You have yeah. said this is... This is where I come from, but th- I don't want to stay here. This is not where I'm staying. This is not. That's true. You're right. Where I'm, where I'm connecting, right? This is not yeah. where. I, I don't feel like I'm in the same wavelength with these people, and as much as I care for them and I wish them the best, I choose not to hang out with them. Yeah. So it's been a mutual rejection, if we want to. You're call right. It that. You're absolutely right. You're right. So right. that's, that's to bring perspective into the whole thing, that it's not like, you know, you were just thrown on the street, Passed away, right? yeah, yeah. No, you know. So when, when you just, because I did the same thing. I mean, I, I moved to the United States yeah. by, my, by myself, right? So I, I, I know exactly. And so it's, it's these, like, a little bit of a dichotomy of, like, I'm choosing to be an outsider because I do not feel that I belong inside this family. And there's, there's almost like you're never fully comfortable anywhere because it's like, okay, I wasn't comfortable within my own family. Where else could I fit? Right. And there's moments that you have, you create a really beautiful community of friends Sometimes they get more solid, sometimes not as much. 
And it is true that the place where you're going to be most yourself is with your daughter and eventually with your partner. Yeah. Right? Because it's 100% you and it's going to be people that you choose that choose you. Yes. But the part that I would love to address is these beliefs that, and and that's why I think I'm talking a little bit more, you know, in, in a cognitive way, but also inviting your spiritual side to come in to just see a little bit different is that there's a part of you that, how do you say it? I'm, and I'm, I'm an outsider, like, you know, everywhere. Like you're an outsider, period. So, right. So how, what is the, tell me what are the, the so the, but we know that the, as, as you keep on topping, what are the things that are really negative about being an outsider? Let's name everything that crosses your mind. I'm having a little bit of a hard time focusing in that direction. Um, mm. Okay. Um, okay. So you're not. Uh, you're not probably maybe something has shifted already, and you're not really in touch with the sadness or the. The, the fear of being on your own at this time. Those are the, would be the two main things. No, I think I think the the maybe like where I felt really painful last week or last time was around being unwanted. Right. Right. And um trying to think if that even still because that was really you know if my mother doesn't even want me then what man would want me you know and right. so I've had short-term relationships with men because right. no one really wants me for a lifetime although I know my mother my mother yeah. loved me and I was actually her favorite child in the end mm. um, but just that initial part of being and I don't know what kind of impact on my soul having a date rape, you know, conception would have. I don't know. I mean, I guess I felt it more like a, more affirmation of not being wanted. Like it was, I was forced on her. Right. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe we've healed most of it, actually. Well, let's let's look at it. If you just say, you know, it's it's really just it's really hurtful or really sad feeling like I had to force myself on my mom, like that she didn't really want me. Yeah. That you know the and then I had you know in my own infertility journey, I I had this fear of resenting my child. Um. And feeling my life limited by my child, so I definitely picked that up. Oh. You know that um, I was—I mean, my mother spent my whole early life saying, "Whatever you do, don't get pregnant too young, mm-hmm. because it will trap you. It will ruin your life. It'll make you know." So that—that's—that's that's, that's a big one to feel like somehow. 
I mean, without without really saying it, you know, straight to you, but it was like you coming into this planet and it being born that ruined her life. Yeah, basically, right. And then we, the, the existential guilt I have for that, and then she stayed married to my dad, and that, you know, she eventually died of the stress of the whole situation. Right, right. You know, so feeling like I ruined her life, and then, you know, the consequences of my existence ended up killing her. Right. Ugh, that's heavy. That's a heavy one. Okay. Okay, so just tapping through the points and, and just like really making those like, you know, the fact that I, the way that I came into this planet or being born or getting, bring, come, how would you phrase it? I would say being being conceived with a rape, a date rape, and being forced into my mother's body. I um, there were intense consequences of that that affected my mother in very negative ways. Now she had a lot of choice later in her life at that moment and later in her life. Um. But still, you know, on some level, the concept, the long-term consequences, the short-term, middle-term, and long-term consequences of my forced conception in the material world ended up damaging and ultimately killing my mother. But even as I say it, I feel less responsible because... I'm actually not responsible for somebody else's death. Like okay. when they leave this this planet it is up to God. I mean, it's up to their karma. It's up to their contract. It's not. And I I would believe her story. Like if I, this is sort of the part of me that believes the narrative that she gave. Like she decided to blame me for the limits of her life and for and my dad decided to blame me for the terrible staying in a terrible marriage. Yeah. But I I don't have to believe that. In fact I don't. Like they made their own choices. Perfect. This is this is remember that one of the things that we talked about last time was how the the downside of believing them is that it's terrible and it feels absolutely awful and the past you know, there's something that makes you feel kind of powerful in a, in a negative way, but it's like, oh my yeah. God. Right? And it right. seems to me that you're detaching yourself from that that power. That, like, no, I don't. I don't want this. This is up to God, not up to me. Yes, and it's a big relief to sort of say, no, that's not true. Good, good. So that's a really first step. So I want you to see see yourself as a little baby that just came in, right? And just just as they made their choices, and God decided when. Your mom was leaving, and when you came in, you know all of these. There's a there's a spiritual yeah. path, but God God is the one that also is facilitating all this process, and it's not you, right? It's yeah. not you. So, again, your parents, in a way, limited ability to take responsibilities for their own lives. They chose to actually blame you. Yes. 
because it was easier than to take full responsibility for their own stuff. Right. So that feels great, actually, because that lets me off the hook completely. It's like their narrative does not – I don't have to use their narrative internally to define me, so I, I throw that off. Yeah. That's their thing, not me, and I don't need to carry that anymore. Great. So can you just – I would love to say, you know, this is your energy, your narrative, your story. I'm not, I have nothing to do with it. Yeah, you know that – Mom and dad, that was your story, and I don't agree with it. It's not right, and I don't choose to believe it or take it forward anymore. I've internalized it all this time, but it was I wrongly internalized it all this time. It's not accurate. It's not, it's not true. Yeah. And I now give it back to you. And I now give it back to you. It's all yours. the energy. It's all yours. All of these, all that these energy, stories. yeah, and all that history, it's all yours. All those choices, they were yours, yeah. not mine. That's great. So, yeah. Could you say that, is there any part of you that feels grateful for having had the possibility of coming into this planet through them, but you're not responsible for them? I'm grateful that I came into the planet and I trust or believe on some conceptual level that we made a contract together, even though I don't totally understand it. I don't have real access to that. And I just lost my train of thought. It's Uh totally okay. Is it possible, Deb, that now you just relinquish it? So that whatever contract you sign or, you you know, whatever agreement, it's, it's, it's done. Like you don't have to hold any, any energy or any, any, any load from it, any heaviness, any. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to carry that, that weight anymore. Exactly. That's, yeah. yeah, that's. Now take a deep breath and just, I want you to tap and breathe and just notice the, the shift that is happening as that energy, their energy, their stories, their, their responsibility just literally comes out of your body. <sighs> yeah. But it's an energetic thing that just literally needs to be released. Allow it to just flow out. Yeah. Good. Even though you were very intrinsically and very intimately connected, the truth is each of you have your own path. Yeah. So even the peace, and I'll connect for a second with the peace of not feeling wanted. How, what, does any remain of that? Notice how that may have changed. 
what it feels like is part of a higher spiritual story now rather than just the limiting fact of my parents' psychology, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it feels like I was needed and wanted as part of their journeys, as part of their experience. And this unwanted thing or this blaming thing it's at a more superficial level. So now from this place, I would like you to connect with the times in your life and the, the different places in your life where you feel wanted. It could be with Searsha or, you know, when you, like in any, in any area of your life. Oh, I feel wanted everywhere, actually. Mm. You know, it may not be like in a tribal way. I don't feel wanted in a tribal way except for with Searsha. But I, like, I feel a profound, deep connection and a, a a feeling of being needed and wanted in everyone's story. Right. In my life, you know, like everyone, except for the man thing, I don't feel wanted by, I haven't found that tribal partner yet. Can I switch gears for a sec? Yeah, of course. Maybe, maybe, um, and I know we can't get into this, but maybe this has gone like we've done it so that I'm yawning and it's releasing. Good. <sighs> Tiring, actually. It's exhausting. There's well, another makes- topic. And I just want to tell you that it makes a ton of sense that you're feeling exhausted because this is something that you've been caring for so long yeah. that when you release it, you're going to feel the tiredness of it. So, yes, tell me. Um, I've been thinking about another pregnancy. Um, the thing that I'm, I'm feeling really conflicted because I, um, part of me, it's sort of like there are moments when I'm lying or sitting with Saoirse or maybe she's nursing or we're watching something on my iPhone like Peppa Pig or something. And I sort of feel or imagine a baby in my, um, in my body, like another one. And I feel, but I don't want, I'm so loving our one-on-one bond and mm-hmm. our family just being the two of us. And that would be disturbed and broken up. And um, so I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm really conflicted about it. Like I know that love, my love would expand and I would have a whole other being 
in this world whom I love as much as Sirsha, and our family would grow, and I would have even more of a tribe and a sense of belonging and being needed, and we're part of a thing, you know. But what Sirsha and I have right now is so, so lovely and so precious. Yeah. It's so awesome. It's like nothing in my life. I mean, it's just been, it's so great. And we can't solve that now, but. Yeah. I want to put. But it's, it, is a, it is a very important thing. And you're absolutely right. So it's. Um, <clears throat> I wonder if there's any chance. Yeah, go ahead. But the question is, is my purpose here as a mother to be Sirsha's mother and. And put all of my energy and talent and growth into that. Or is my purpose to be Sirsha's and someone else's mother? Like to have, right. you know, and I don't, it's not clear to me yet. Yeah. And this other stuff, it's sort of feeling like it's, you know, the stuff we've been, this session and the other one, it feels faded, you know, fading away. Like, yeah. it's good, really good. Good. That's wonderful. But yawning, a lot of yawning. Yay. Yes. Yes. Just yawn and yawn and yawn. Yes. Yes. Well, it's that's your nervous system really re you know rewiring. It's so cool. Like the, the when the yawning happens in such a great way, it's just your nervous system just readjusting. So it's really super cool. I wonder if there's any way that we could um, when I don't know where we're meeting again. Uh, oh, is it every Tuesday or something? Oh, Wednesday, Wednesday morning at this time. Yes, you're right. You're right. Um, so we can address okay. it next Wednesday, or I don't know if you wanna, if you have a, how is, what is your timing? Do you think that this is something that can wait until next week? You know what? Um. Something's funny. I don't have you in my calendar. I'm going to put you in now. And I'm going to repeat it. Hold on one sec. That's why I did. Yeah, I have you. I have you on the 10th and the 17th, the 24th. Yeah, all the way through. Okay, good. Yeah, through the through so February 14th. The 10th, I'm going to Ireland. So um, I'm. I can't talk to you then, but I can talk to you on the 8th or the 9th, if you have any time. Um, Yeah. Well, the 8th, we could do 10-15. We could do... Yeah. We can do 10-15 on the 8th or 10 on the 9th. Yeah, neither one of those works. I'm having my follow-up mammogram on the 8th. Okay. But it's at 8.30, so I don't think I can do a 10 because I'll be, like, in transit or something. Right. Um, so how about, oh, actually, you know what? This got canceled. I have a cancellation. Would it work if we did, like, 11? On the 8th? Yeah. Or that's still a little tight. It's tight only, be, only because... Um, I'm going to have to bring Sirsha with me to have the mammogram in order to, so that um, she nurses me. She nurses right before, so my my breasts are not, oh, don't have any milk. Right. So then there's right. going to be a whole Rosa Sirsha thing going on that day. Um, right. So How about Friday, Deb? 
tomorrow? I don't have no, coverage. No, no, tomorrow's Sorry. Thursday, Friday. Um, I don't have any coverage on Friday. In fact, tomorrow I don't think we're going to have a big storm, so I don't think Sears, Rose is going to come. Right, that's true. Well, let's look for another time. Okay, so what would work for you? If you have any time on the 9th, that would be the only real time I can do it if someone cancels. Okay, so the the 9th, what times would work for you? Um, It could be 9 to 10 or 11, uh, no, or or after 12, 12 to 4. No, I can do 9. I can do nine. Oh, okay. I, can, I have I have somebody at eleven fifteen. So okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. And that and will I'm, be for um, this question. Yes, and I'm putting I'm putting it here. So great. Otherwise, we're every Wednesday at ten fifteen. That's great. True. All right. Super. Okay. Great. So I'll see you on Tuesday. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks. You too, Laura. Bye-bye.